Welcome to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their stories in our guest blog, found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Hilda Gaughan, award-winning author, motivational speaker, and work culture expert. We're going to discuss how selling her family-owned business led to creating a new voucher, helping others to rev up your potential. And Hilda joins us from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Trish. Looking forward to our conversation. You know, Hilda, you have been experiencing quite a stellar career. You've been a nurse, you've been in IT, engineering, HR, and a serial entrepreneur. You're definitely a corporate leader who has become a business owner. And our viewing and listening audience is really kind of peaked because they're interested in hearing how you've made those transitions in those various different careers to where you are now. So it's really interesting. I had a passion for, um, I love science, I love math, and I love people. So when I was in high school, I thought, well, what do I do? And, you know, took what's called a cooter preference test. I don't know what that, that was, but everything pointed to nursing. And so I gravitated to nursing and became an educator because I really love to educate. I started in ICU, became a manager and a director. And I went back to school to get my master's thinking, okay, I'm going to be a CEO of the hospital one day. That was my goal. And as I'm finishing my course, my husband says, I'm thinking of starting a company and he's an engineer, right? So essentially I went there to kind of help him a little, but the company kind of took off and it just made sense for us to put all our eggs in one basket. And I remember talking to my girlfriend and saying, you know, of all the jobs that I've ever had so far, the one I loved the most was when I was manager in the ICU and CCO at Mount Sinai. And then I proceeded to say why I loved it. I was responsible for the quality and, and you know, education of the staff and, and supporting them and helping them grow. And I'm going, wait a minute. I'm going to be doing exactly the stuff that I love to do but I'm just doing it in engineering instead of healthcare. So I never look back and say, oh, look, I could have been the CEO and da, 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 da. No, because I got to live what I love to do most just in an engineering setting. And I mean, I met my husband in engineering when he was in engineering school. Cause I, so I kind of grew up with engineering in my brain anyway. So sure. it was a wonderful journey to be together. So th then it just evolved from there of all the things that I love to do, growing our business. And we grew it to 125 people, seven offices across Canada. Like what kind of experience and joy I had developing that. And I thought of all the, the corporate stuff that I did, the one that really I love to do was the human resources. So that's why I created my company, Rev Up Your yeah, People Bright Consulting and created the concept to rev up your potential based on the success my husband and I had. So these transitions kind of kind of evolved yeah. based on the experiences that I had prior. Almost like an organic sort of train of thought, right? Because yeah, it was organic, but it all just fit in together. Like, how did I come into engineering and then said, all these things that I'm going to do in, in, in this company, right. I'm going to be doing 
you know, I've been doing all my life and these right. are the things I really enjoy because that particular job was the one I enjoyed the most. Right. And, and that's what carried you through. Transition for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell us a little bit about selling the business because, you know, we, no one starts an entrepreneurial company and thinks, well, okay, what's the exit <laughs> strategy, right? I mean, to be quite honest, we probably should, yeah. but you know, it, time gets away with you. You know, you said you had seven offices, 125 people. What was the tipping point when you and your husband sat down and said, you know, I think it's time. It was interesting early in our, in, in our, our company, we, we stay educated, right? And somebody sort of said, you know, what's your exit strategy? We attended one of these sessions that talked mm -hmm. about how do you prepare to sell your company? Right. Well, you prepare by creating a healthy, strong company. So we made sure all of our processes were in place. We, created a company where people loved what they did, loved where they worked. And we introduced shares to our company thinking, well, you know, we're going to keep this company. Our staff are going to be part of the company and have shares in the company. But we realized by the time our staff were uh, able to take over enough that we could retire or semi-retire, it would be another 25 years. So, well, that wasn't going to happen. And we got together with our, our, our executive, there were 12 of us at that time and said, you know, someday somebody's going to come to us and offer a whack of cash and we're not going to be ready for since we were five years old, pe pe people would come and say, oh, you must have all these headaches with IT and HR. And we said, no, actually, we're fine. We're fine. And then we said, someday somebody's going to come and we're not going to be prepared. So we hired KPMG to help us with identifying what would it take to sell our company. And we actually created this like 12 page checklist document. And when we searched, when we finished it, we said, you know, we've gone to all this trouble. Maybe we should just put it out there and see. We're never intending to sell, but we did. And the company that acquired us were number one on all criteria, except where they were tied for number one. And when you when you think about mergers, acquisitions, whether they're companies or institutions, those companies that succeed are where the philosophies align, align right. right? So yeah. it was a successful acquisition um, and merger. And I had the opportunity to be knee deep in obviously the selling process sure. and the and the transition process. For four years, I was part of the team as we as we rolled out, we were lucky in that this company really had a nine-month process to bring us on board. I know, unusual. Mm -hmm. And I was on this side um, of the, the fence, and they were coming up every week. I had a senior VP come up four days out of the week, and we would tackle one other aspect. He had his nine-month plan, and we, we just did Isn't it. Isn't fantastic? Yeah. Yeah. It, like our whole journey was like a, a really wonderful experience. There were the roller coasters. Oh, dips. for sure. Oh, and for so, sure. But overall, you know, when you read the textbooks of all the things that you should do, how to build a business successfully, uh, I think we did a really good job of putting into practice and action what you read in those textbooks and say, yeah, 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 yeah. But your transition plan, I mean, what a wonderful way to um, segue into ownership, you know, changing mm -hmm. of ownership, yeah. because it yeah. gives everyone an opportunity to become comfortable 
with the new team in a new space and a new environment. So kudos to you for, for making that transition. Now, how much time did you take off between closing one business and opening the other? Because, you know, you spent all this time and energy and years of, yeah. of dedication. And I would think that you needed a little bit of time for self-care. Yeah, my, my, my husband... Uh, the very next day, my husband said, so all of you got, you got to keep your jobs. I got demoted because <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of being the president of his own company, now he was a senior vice president of a 7,000 company uh, right. firm. I worked there for four years and then I thought, you know, I had a career beforehand in healthcare, and, and maybe I need to think about where I'm going. I was starting to become more middle management than senior management, right? Because when we're talking 7,000 people, Canada's operation, certainly I was at a higher level, but it, it just wasn't as fulfilling as when we owned our own company. So I did take a little bit of time off, but I, I'm one of these people that needs to be on the go. So I started dabbling. I'll, I'll call it kind of more dabbling in, in, in a, in a sideline business. And I actually called the, the business developing your people and business success, which is more like a mission statement than, right, than, right. than whatnot. And I, I had a few clients, but it was like, it was not, it was more fun than it was like, get, build this business. Get serious. Yeah. Then I had this opportunity to have my dream job focusing only on human resources, building a healthy work culture. I did that for about a year and a bit, but I found that it made more sense for me to try to do it for many companies than just one company at a time. So, so during that year was kind of more, more relaxed and then building my own company a couple of years later. So by the time I left that company and started my own, own, like my serious own company it was probably two and a half years. And this is the joy. This this company is the joy that I have in building it uh, and and creating a mission that looks at how did I take the success that my husband and I had and shift it into a company that can help other companies be right. successful. Right. Now, you have come up with this wonderful acronym called RevUp. And of course, all acronyms have words that relate to the letters. And yours is respect, equality valued, uniqueness, and potential. So we all sit around the kitchen table and we want to come up with something that sets us apart from the competition. And this definitely does that. But what was the light bulb moment? How did you create the word rev up? Okay. So maybe I can just step back um, to why I felt the need to create it. And then, as I said, my husband and I created a place where wouldn't it be nice where, that you went to a place where you loved what you did and you loved where you work? And we created that. And we thought, we want to validate that. We feel that way. Our staff feel that way. But let's put something out there. So we put our names forward for Best Workplaces in Canada. And on our 10th anniversary, we were recognized as number nine. Congratulations. In the Best Workplaces. Thank you. And then we did it again the following year and we were number four. Wow. That's a validation that what we thought we wanted to create, what we did create was validated externally. So I thought, hmm, what did we do and how do I put it all together? Punk yeah. That can, can speak to it in 20, you know, in two minutes rather than 20 right. minutes. Right. So 
I'm driving along and I know what we did was we treated staff with respect and we looked at them as equals. Everybody's role in this company was equally important to others. Then we valued them. We, we recognized them. We supported them. We made them feel a sense of belonging. So those were easy. And so I thought, oh, REV. It stands for REV. Oh, REV up. And I'm driving. You know, I'm going, REV up. Okay, so what's the U? What's the, <laughs> what's the P? <laughs> uh, what's the U? And, and then suddenly the light bulb moment. U stands for uniqueness because that's what we did. We listened to our staff. We learned about what their dreams were, what their goals were. We recognized what their skills were. So we did look at them as unique individuals and we tapped into that potential. Right. So all of a sudden I had this acronym rev up and rev up your potential is so invigorating yeah it's powerful really good values yeah like the first three are values you expect of any human being right but as a leader i wanted to make it special i wanted to say what else do we do and that uniqueness piece was the differentiate differentiator for our company and how we treated our staff now, how do you find being the CEO of your own company? You know, you're the, the chief people culture officer with your organization. You, you, I'm sure you have a team of folks that are helping you to align your goals and reach your objectives. But what does it feel like now to kind of be the lone wolf at the top of the, at the, top of the heap? Trying yeah, to, that's and different, right? When my husband and I had our company, he, he was the, the CEO. CEO president and I was his wise sage and we but we had each other right and when when I started this company I kind of said to him do you do you want to join me do you want like we can create this because you know you and I worked well together he said no I I I, I don't miss the payroll <laughs> I said you don't miss the payroll like I was the one doing the payroll <laughs> why are you saying you, you right so I think it's different when you don't have the the benefit of the partner that I had to bounce stuff off of. And right. he says he's got an open door policy for me, but he's way too busy with other stuff. So, so it, it does make a difference. And um, when I have a team, we talk and we strategize. And, and I love that aspect of it. I love the strategic aspect of building the company, but you're right. It's the, it's the lone wolf mentality and early on you're doing everything you know i by the time we had 125 people of course i had an it manager mm -hmm. i had a controller i had an That's hr right. manager i had people at my fingertips to help me do the work. sure and the buck stops here and even as i have a team of people and associates to help me you know they're only taking a piece of the puzzle you know and right. they they can give me ideas to help with a strategy and flow but it's not it's not the same right right yeah, because, you know, we hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, they say it's lonely at the top, right? And to your point, you know, they, they build strategic relationships or alliances with other people who have similar values that can help you brainstorm and push your company forward. But it's not the same, as you said, when you have someone who's, you know, you can just walk into their office and say, hey, what do you think of this? 
I know some people who start their companies and they don't know how to move into the CEO mentality. Mm -hmm. I, because of my experiences pre, you know, in corporate and then, well, corporate meaning hospital corporate, in corporate and then in, in our, our company, I know how to have a CEO or a corporate right. hat right. on. And strategy, right? I'm ready to do that more than most. So I really do miss <clears throat> that opportunity. Well, you know, if you could share something with our viewing and listening audience. So, you know, you've taken us down memory lane and you've given us some, some background and some texture into how you got to where you are with your current organization. Where do you see yourself in the future in terms of the next three years? What's your net, your three-year plan? You know, taking a look at today, where would you like to be in the next three years? So COVID really has done a number on all of us. And it sure has. Pre-COVID, I was, you know, on a really great trajectory. Trajectory, yeah. We were all yeah. running at Mach 2 with our hair on fire, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and so kind of peeling it down. But now that we're kind of moving out of COVID, I see the... So there's, there's several pieces to my company. There's the human resources consulting side to help really build that strong foundation with the documentation and employee engagement. And then there's the piece of me really wanting to, to send the message out there about RevUp and the power that people can, can have as managers, as employees, when they put on a RevUp lens they can improve themselves. They can improve their leadership skills, improve an organization. So I want to be known as a motivational speaker and and have people hear that message. So I wrote a book and I and I and I and I share that message. So there'll be more of that messaging going on in the next three years. And remember, I said it was an educator. So I've been an educator mindset since I was 20s and taking all of those experiences, I know how to deliver training and education that that is targeted to my audience because I have so many anecdotes and I think about anecdotes that help the message sink in. Right. So right. my goal is to build the company where I have a team of people doing the HR consulting piece where I still am at the senior role for that. but spreading out and doing more training, reaching people with this rev up principle, training people to be much better leaders, motivating and uplifting their teams, though this would make me happy. And then creating a team of educators to really send that message out about rev up. So it's really revving up both sides, the human resources consulting side and the speaking uh, and training side of the business. And well, I'll that sounds pretty amazing. Staff and associations. Yeah. And that's in three years. You just asked me. Yeah, right? for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. Right. Yes. But in that, I want to also have time to travel and, and pace Enjoy my that. life yeah. and balance. Yes. I think if anything, COVID's taught us the value of balancing and having enough time for our health yes. as yes. well as our joy. And my joy is really my rev up spreading that word and teaching. I, I just have, I just light up when I teach. It's just, it's just something that's innate in, in, in my DNA. Well, you certainly convey the energy and the positivity, um, even through this, uh, you know, our, our screen that we're sharing today, Hilda. 
One of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And I think this is a wonderful way for you to wrap up, you know, the rev up potential, um, not only for yourself, but to all of the folks in our viewing and listening audience who are spending some time with us today. And your three words are embrace your uniqueness. Why is that special for, for you and your company? Well, rev up is that concept, but the key in the rev up is the uniqueness piece. Right. And what I hope people learn is that it's a lifelong journey of finding your uniqueness, gaining confidence mm -hmm. in your uniqueness. So do things that will help you understand yourself better. And when you do gain confidence in that, look positively at those things that are making you unique, that make you shine, and then embrace that. Because when you are confident and you shine, you create a sense of, not sense, you create authenticity, mm -hmm. you show your confidence, you create those trusting relationships more readily. And when you do, people know, like, and trust you, and that can help you in life, whether you're a manager, an employee, a parent, a human being. That's so true. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Hilda, because I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, when we have an opportunity to have the confidence to share who we are with the world, then we attract people who are only going to take us on a journey to reach our goals and objectives. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. To our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you will find Hilda's contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.